السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الحمد للہ الحمد للہ وکفا وسلام علی عباده الذین اصطفا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ان اللہ و ملائکته یصلون علی النبی یا ایوہ الذین آمنوا صلوا علیہ وسلموا تسلیما رسائد الشریف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد وقال الله سبحانه وتعالى وامر اهلك بالصلاه واصطبر عليها لا نسالك رزقا نحن نرزقك والعاقبه للتقوى صدق الله العظيم the holy and the blessed month of Ramadan is very fast approaching. We are now only two months away from the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us reach the holy month of Ramadan. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam supplicated upon sighting the moon of Rajab. And it's the first of Rajab today. Yeah. Do we all agree on it or there's a difference of opinion? Well, regardless if it's today or tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Rajab has started, inshaAllah. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. Read with me. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the great person who he was and he always desired to meet Allah and the hereafter. And he didn't have any longing for this world. There are many narrations and books can be written on how he uh, abandoned the world. He didn't hunker after the world. The world was given to him, dropped into his feet, but he wasn't a person who wanted to live extra long. But there's this one occasion the scholars say that the Prophet ﷺ is actually asking for an extension in his life, for barakah, in his age, that, oh Allah, let us see the month of Rajab, the month of Sha'ban, and let us live so that we can experience the holy and blessed months of Ramadan. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us all this blessed month. Now, rather than me going to detail about this, and this is something we always discuss, let's be a bit more practical. The month of Ramadan is two months away. What does that mean to you and me? What are we going to do? Is it going to be like every other year where we keep saying oh, Ramadan is coming, Ramadan is coming, Ramadan is coming, and then Ramadan comes, we keep saying, oh, Ramadan is here, Ramadan is here, and then Ramadan goes, and then we say, Ramadan has gone, Ramadan has gone. And that's it. It's just talk. We talk about it, we'll hear about it. But what are we doing about it? What do we practically do? What changes do we make? Can we pinpoint and say, for example, these five Ramadans have gone. Uh, in the fifth, five years ago, in that Ramadan, I changed myself in this way. Four Ramadans ago, I gave up this sin. Three Ramadans ago, I wasn't performing five times salah. I started five times from then. Two years ago in Ramadan, I decided I'm going to abandon all my haram income. Last Ramadan, what changes have we made? Have we, can we go back and pinpoint each year? Or was it just, we kept the fast, we did the tarawih, we had some nice food and that was it. So we need to plan early and starts from now, from today. If we don't start from today, if we don't start from now, if we have no action plan, then we're not going to get anywhere. This is an annual event that comes in the life of every Muslim. And it's sad because we plan for everything. Is there, can we ever have any event, any occasion without planning? And this planning sometimes for one year, sometimes we plan two or three years in advance. And at least, if not, we plan at least a couple of months in advance. The greatest event in the Muslim calendar being the holy month of Ramadan. Yes, we do plan, we do plan, but we plan in different ways. 
I'm sure curries are really enjoying these, this season. I think the number of fridge freezers that are sold at this time of the year is probably the highest. Yeah, some of us have already, you know, it's not big enough. We've started doing our frozen items and you're getting the messages being circulated. People are selling them and people are buying them and people are filling their freezers. So we're doing that preparation. Okay, the masjid is probably preparing in different ways as well of events and people coming for chanda and people doing this and going out to these kind of people. People were preparing, but are we preparing in the right way? Forget everybody else, forget the whole rest of the world. What am I doing for me? What am I doing for my Ramadan, which is going to come very, very soon? So this is what we want to spend a few moments, inshallah, uh, in regards to that. What can we do and how can we develop ourselves and where to start? And the best thing to do is to pick an area. It's, it's impossible to just think, this Ramadan is going to come and after Ramadan finishes, I'm going to become Abdul Qadir Jilani. And that's not going to happen, okay? It's impossible. It doesn't work like that. It happens steadily, slow progress. Even if it's a little, being consistent, inshallah, brings changes. So first of all, we need to choose an area in our life, in our religion, in our spirituality, where we want to develop ourselves, number one. Then we have to analyze ourselves in that area. How am I doing? Am I doing good? Am I doing bad? How much am I doing? Then we need to highlight and pinpoint the weaknesses. What is my problem? Unless and until I don't acknowledge that there's something wrong with me in my spiritual life, I'm never going to progress. I don't, I don't feel the need because I think I'm fine. A lot of us, we come to the masjid, we think, you know, we're better than everybody else. We're more pious than everybody else because other people I know, they don't pray and I pray. So I'm better than them. It's not just about praying. It's a whole 24-hour lifestyle. So choose one area, find your weaknesses. What is my weakness in this area? And then start making practical steps uh, and a plan of action of how we're going to develop ourselves. If we don't plan, there's a lot of steps. If we don't do all of this, we can't expect Ramadan to come and some magical change to happen. And after Ramadan, everything's going to be brilliant. It doesn't work like that. So we have to plan in advance. Personally, I think the greatest aspect in the life of a Muslim, and there's nothing greater than this, is Salah. Salah is the greatest aspect in our lives. There's nothing greater than this. And in terms of Salah, there's many, many different ways. First of all, how much importance of Salah do I have in my life? And everybody's different. And no matter, if, even if there's somebody sitting here who has loads of importance, that doesn't mean they've reached the pinnacle. They can still increase and better themselves because we're still nowhere near the, our pious predecessors and the importance they gave to Salah. So everybody's got a target. So first of all, what is the importance of Salah you and I have in our lives? Number two, um, in terms of the five-time Salah, how many of us are even performing our five-time Salah before going into any other detail? So do we pray our five times or are we doing four or three times a day? Then if we're praying, am I praying on time or am I praying late? This is analyzing ourselves now. Do I pray? I pray. Okay, Alhamdulillah, I pray. Am I praying them all on time? Or am I praying them after the time? Am I praying Ada or is it Qadha? Then, for the males especially, are we praying at home or at work? Or am I coming to the masjid and praying with Jama'ah? Or I can't come to the masjid, fine, because of other restrictions. Wherever I am, even if it's two or three people, am I praying collectively or am I praying individually? These are different areas we need to look and study before the month of Ramadan comes. Number five, okay, I'm praying, alhamdulillah. Some of us in jamaat, some of us individually. How much concentration do I have in my salah? When I'm in the salah, what am I thinking about? Am I thinking about Allah? Am I thinking about what I'm reciting? 
Or is my mind still worrying about the text message I sent before I started the salah? And waiting for the answer to come and waiting for my phone to buzz. And then I start thinking, maybe he said this, maybe she said that. Where is our con Do we have concentration? If we have concentration, what is the level? This is, this is all called planning for Ramadan early. All of this planning needs to be done so that our Ramadan could be a fruitful one. Choose one area slowly and develop ourselves. And then, for example, we can see, um, we go on there, from there we go to the root causes, for example. What are the root causes for these problems? Why are we facing these problems? Um, what's the solution? So all of these things, now we don't have time to go into all of this detail. What I'm going to touch upon is just the importance first of all. And from this we can take it from there inshallah. Um, why don't we go back to understand the importance and the relevance of salah in our lives? Because a lot of times when we can't relate something to us, we tend to just abandon it thinking, well, I can't relate to it. I can't see how it's helping me in my life. How is salah going to help you in your life? Where did five times salah come from? What's the history? What's the story? When did five times salah come into the life of the Muslims? If we go back into history and study, we find that the most difficult and the tragic time on our beloved Prophet Muhammad the most difficult time that he had was a year known as the year of grief and sorrow. This was the most difficult time the Prophet experienced in his life because three great tragic events happened all at once, one after the other in this one year and they shattered him. He was broken. He was very, very emotional, very down. And it's as if he was crushed from inside. How did he get the power and the strength to stand back up, to face this on a daily basis, to get through his life and to keep himself going? You know, one option is to just give up and sit down and thinking, I've given up on life. I can't do anything now. Too many problems, too many difficulties. I can't see any way out. Believe me, none of us have faced the difficulties that the Prophet ﷺ faced. What did he do and how did Allah help and assist him? And what have we been told to do at the time of difficulty to get on with the rest of our life and to make our salah in life easier? And why there are five salah throughout the day scattered at different times? The Prophet ﷺ, you know, for 25 years, we don't have time to go into detail. For 25 years, the Prophet ﷺ spent with one woman. His, her name was Khadija, bintu Khuwailid radiyallahu ta'ala anha. This woman was an amazing woman. Once somebody asked the Prophet ﷺ, tell us about Khadija, tell us something about her. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Innaha kanat wa kanat. Khadija, she was and she was meaning where do you want me to start i can carry on and talk for days and days and days and days and day. I, I can fill up the storybooks i can fill up the whole world with stories about khadija where do you want me to start where do you want me to finish she was the most amazing woman anyone has ever seen so the prophet وسلم, was married to this woman 25 years they had a very strong relationship now imagine when you that's like a lifetime 25 years with someone is a lifetime and you begin to know each other inside out before the next person finishes their sentence you can finish it off for them just by looking at their facial expressions 25 years together you know exactly what he or she is thinking you know what they are imagining you know what they need 25 years and remember this was no ordinary woman when the prophet sallallahu made his first call she is the first person to accept islam 
when he received the revelation and he came down from the cave of Hira and he was trembling and he said, cover me, cover me. She is the one who covered him. When he called out for financial assistance, she is the one who gave the wealth. When she needed support, she is the one who came and supported him. When he said, I can't do this anymore. She is the one who said, yes, you can. You can do this. She is the one who gave him the support. So this woman meant everything to the Prophet and more than this, she was the mother of the children of the Prophet All of the Prophet's children, besides one, are all from Khadija Imagine that day when he woke up 25 years later and he realized that my Khadija has gone. There is no more Khadija. My support, my first believer, my everything, the mother of my children. How did he face his children? And tell them that your mother no longer exists. And not only that, this was one incident which was great and tragic. And then what happens? He also loses his beloved uncle, who again was his support outdoors. Indoors it was Khadija. Outdoors it was Abu Talib, who protected him, who helped him. And alongside this, when this happened, second incident happens, the third incident which takes place, he decided, let me go out of Makkah. Get a breath of fresh air. Go to some new people. Convince the people of Ta'if. Maybe they will listen. Maybe they will accept. And when he goes there, we know the tragic incidents, how the Prophet ﷺ was pelted with stones and he was covered with blood. He came into the world as an orphan. His mother passed away at the age of six. His grandfather passed away at the age of eight. And then tragedy upon tragedy. Three years they spent in the valley of Abu Talib. And then we find the year of grief which we just spoke about. Khadija radiallahu passes away. Abu Talib dies. And then we find the most difficult period in the life of the Prophet ﷺ when he was pelted with these stones in the plains of Ta'if. It was at this time when the Prophet ﷺ was in such a critical condition. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called him from Masjid al-Haram all the way to Masjid al-Aqsa. And then from Masjid al-Aqsa to the heavens. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what did he give him? This is where the salah comes from. And this is what helped him get through the rest of his day, the rest of his life. And this is why salah should be, we should internalize salah. Salah is a meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we've been told whenever you face any difficulty, any problem comes to your way, turn to salah, resort to salah. Salah is the solution. So we need to make salah more important within our lives. Ramadan is coming two months away. How can you and I plan and prepare for this month? There are certain steps that we can take. There are a number of steps, a few of them. First of all, we need to make salah into an event. At the moment, salah is just whenever we get time, we pray. You know, when we have an event, an important event, an important meeting, this is a meeting with none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet had a special garment, special clothing that he would wear when he could come to the masjid only. You know, we've got special work clothes. Uh, you wouldn't go home from work and in your suit, for example, and sit down to have a, 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 an Indian meal in it, for example. You know, you'd get your oil stains on there. You wouldn't want to wear it the next day. The problem, you know, when he, he had, Ya Bani Adam, Allah tells us, when you come to the masjid, it should be an event. It's an occasion. Have we made salah into an occasion? Or is it just as and when, whenever we get time, we pray before salah, what, we, we've, we're on the phone. We, there's no wind down time. There's no moments to think and reflect. And then immediately after salah, we're back to the dunya. We're all included. 
So this is one area we want to try and improve inshallah. Ramadan is coming. Let's try and make salah into an event. Let's try and free a few moments, even if it's 30 seconds. Before salah, we sit down, we sit quietly, and we just ponder and think what we're about to do. Who we're about to stand in front of. Now this is alien for a lot of us, to sit in silence for 30 seconds. I think a lot of us can't, we can't do it anymore. Have we done, when's the last time we did this? We have to be playing and flicking, we have to be clicking some buttons, we have to be doing something. Just sitting, cutting off from everything, even for 30 seconds. So this is one way we can try and improve inshallah. Um, one more way inshallah before we conclude is, you know I've been speaking for the last, what, 20 minutes or so? And Alhamdulillah, you've all been listening and I've carried on speaking and you're still listening and I'm going to stop very soon inshallah because it's time for Jummah. But one of the reasons why you're attentive, you're listening and you know, everyone's still focused is because I'm speaking in English. I'm speaking in a language that we all understand. Imagine for the last 20 minutes, I spoke to you in Mandarin, in Chinese, for example. How many of you would be, would be still sitting in this condition? How long would you last? A minute maybe, and then I'm sure half of you would be snoring by now. If I was speaking in a language that you didn't understand for the last 20 minutes, you wouldn't last. And this is the condition of our salah. That yes, there is reward for reading, of course there is. But why is it that we've left it for so long? That today we're reciting Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika wa tabarakasmuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha ghayru. But we don't really know what it means. And then we're complaining, I don't have the concentration. I can't focus in my salah. Well, if we don't understand what we're reading and we're saying, and we've not made an attempt to do so, how is it going to happen? It's not just going to change overnight. So this is another action plan for the month of Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, in this masjid, we have many Arabic classes taking place for men, for women, for children, for young, for old, mornings, evenings, weekdays, weekends. There's plenty of it happening. And we're not even saying go register on a course straight away. My, my request and plea to you is, first of all, that's a second step. First of all, the minimum is by the month of Ramadan, if we all make an intention, inshallah, until by Ramadan, there's two months left. And believe me, this will be very beneficial. In these two months, set yourself a target at least. I want to understand not the whole Arabic language. That's not something that we're telling you to do. At least what we recite in salah, them as a minimum. Subhana Rabbi al Azim. What does it mean? What am I saying? Just the parts of salah as a minimum. Will we all do this, inshallah? We do this, and you'll see that your salah will be different, your life will be different. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Wa akhiru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.